He's co-starred with Johnny Depp in Black Mass, Liam Neeson in A Walk Among the Tombstones. He's played foil to Denzel Washington in The Equalizer, and on August 5th, will star alongside Will Smith and Viola Davis in Suicide Squad. Yet, it's his recent turn as Sheriff Jim Hopper in the Netflix sensation Stranger Things that has everyone talking. Actor David Harbour joins We Are Live to talk the crazy success of Stranger Things and Outlook into season two and becoming the next new leading man in Hollywood. Enjoy. Welcome back to We Are Live. We are live. Chris Denman, Travis Terrell here on a Tuesday. Very, very pleased to be joined by the one and only David Harbour. You know him from uh, from all kinds of good stuff. I love it. We're the same height. I've got a massive respect for the We're tall the guys holding height. it down. Wow. That's right. Hey, you know, yeah. you, you yeah. put those stats up on IMDb. I'm going to gravitate to those, man. Me, you, Jason Siegel, Vince Vaughn, all the tall guys got to stick together, man. What's up, David? How are you? Yeah, wow. I'm good, man. I'm all right. I'm kind of uh, holed up here in my apartment, uh, nursing an Achilles tendon surgery, but I'm all right. How in the hell do you find time to rest? Because you are a pretty busy man. <laughs> you got a busy weekend. Yeah, I know. <laughs> got Suicide Squad, of course, I coming know, out this I weekend. Know. And then, of course, the great success from Stranger Things. How? Yeah, the, the I, hacks that he has to speak to because this damn Netflix thing took off <laughs> on the weekend of... Uh, of his uh, big release. I know. Yeah. I think my body couldn't handle it, and it just must snap my Achilles tendon because of all the <laughs> excitement over Stranger Things. I just got so excited. I was jumping around or something. <laughs> how, how does that happen? I mean, as far as, uh, did you expect perhaps this to take off the way that it did, or you had no idea where no. this could go? I mean, I thought it was going to be good when we were shooting it. Uh, you know, I thought it was going to be good. But I and then I saw it. Uh, at the premiere, and I saw some cuts of it, and then I thought, "Holy, this is really, really good!" Right. And then when it came out, I thought it would be critically sort of acclaimed, and then I thought, you know, people would like it. But the fact that it's blown up the way that I think it has—I mean, I don't really know much about you know being in a, a hit show or anything, but I guess we're a hit show because you know when those articles come out about like what character are you at Stranger Things, <laughs> you, know, you know it just feels like it's one of those shows where you're like, oh wow, like we just became one of those shows, and I, um, it's so it's so exciting, and I mean one of the most the most gratifying thing about it is just that. I feel like people reach out to me and because they're genuinely moved by the story and by the characters. And it's not because it's cool or be, and it is cool. And, but it's just because they're genuinely moved and you feel that in the, in what they're saying. And that's, that's all I've ever wanted to do as an actor. And I feel like it's taken so damn long for me to be able to do it. But I finally, right. I feel like we finally did it. So, Listen, nice. Harbor, this is, I'm not going to believe you for a second that there aren't, uh, there aren't surveys out there asking what rake character you are. You've, you've seen, you're telling me you haven't seen this kind of success before. No, I really haven't. <laughs> no, I no really law and order. It's yeah, funny. Like, <laughs> no, it's you know, fantastic. No, you know what's funny, man? It's really funny. You know what's funny too is like you have. I don't know if you guys have, but you got your cell phone and you got like, you know, you got like a million numbers in your phone, right. of which you, you know, you text like ten of your friends, right? But then you <laughs> sure. got all these other numbers in your phone, and you're like, I'll never call that guy, but I'll leave his number there. And suddenly, like this strange thing's coming out, all these numbers in my phone 
are like people texting me like, oh my God. Wow, I never thought I'd hear from you again. Right. You just saw my show. And it's like, I've done a lot of TV shows and I've never had, you know, Joe Schmo from wherever Delhi that I met three years ago, but like he suddenly is texting yeah, let, me. Let's get together. Like, we should incredible. totally write that. Yeah. Exactly, man. Hey, man, I really want to see you. Like, wow, it's strange. It just coincided. Now you really, yeah. What what has been your favorite part of this entire process? I mean, you this it's the way the mo- the show has come together and the writing and the the nostalgic feel and of course the child actors are just absolutely amazing. Amazing. How yeah. is this how has this process gone for you? You know, it's just one of these like magical things. It's funny, like the shooting was not so much fun. I mean, like, <laughs> we were. I mean, such like, a beautiful look, locale. I, though. I I knew. Uh, yeah, well, that's the thing, and that's sort of the reason why we chose it. We were in we were in Atlanta, and it does look like the '80s. You know, those outdoor yeah. sequences where the kids are riding bikes. Like you can't find things that are sort of untouched. You have to go to you know these places. But I, you know, I don't know anybody in Atlanta and I was just kind of like, you know, playing this guy who's kind of messed up and it was just kind of miserable. I mean, it was like, it was a really tough shoot for five months being down in Atlanta and like, you know, smoking cigarettes. I was just like a miserable kind of guy. And then to see it all come together and then to finally see what we were doing and then to be, and then to have this response is like, uh, that's the most fun part. It's sort of weird with, you know, when, when you get to do plays, you get to have that response every night. Right. But when you do this stuff like this, it's like you're sitting there slogging through it for five months. And you're like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. And then it comes out and you're like, that's when the real satisfaction comes. And so this has been the most satisfying part, really, is just seeing it all come together and seeing people touched and affected and psyched about what we're doing. And then thinking, wow, we may get to go back and like explore these more, explore these characters more and really dig in deeper now now I feel like we know what we're doing and we can like really get back in there and take it to the next level. So that's like what's gratifying. That's about cool. it. No, that's, that's insane to think that. Cause I mean, you, you say that with the theater stuff, we talk to comedians all the time. Uh, I'm trying to think JB Smoove, who's on uh Kirby enthusiasm was on a, about a week mm. or two ago. Mm-hmm. And we're just talking about how movies he's like, ugh, you just forget about them and you think you're 20 times better by the time that they come out. Whereas, you know, the live stuff you get to do that. Yeah. With a uh, with a five month uh, process, are you are you happy with with your performance in that? And then, how much better do you think uh, if you do get to go back and explore these? How much more involved, or or is there any difference in what you would do with that? Yeah, I mean, I think that like I actually I'm really happy, and I I re- I never say that. Like I, I think, you know, I, After I really being hard on like himself. I don't no, like a lot of what I do. And I, I, yeah, exactly. But this, I'm just, you know, part of it was that I, we all gave ourselves the freedom. It was funny. I was talking to the woman who does hair on it. And we were talking about when we first conceived the character, I was like, look, I want this guy to be like messed up. Like I don't want to look like crap. I want to, you know, I want him to be kind of, you know, like have these love animals and just have this hair, this like miserable and this beard and like dark circles under his eyes. And like, and like we were, we were shooting it. And like she said about like halfway through, she saw some piece of coverage or something. She was like, I don't know about this anymore. Like, I don't know if this is going to work. You know, we, we were like, I don't know if people are ready for like such a messed up individual as their like leading man. Um, So, 
one of the things that I always sort of come up against when I watch myself is my own narcissism. I'm always like, oh, I'm so ugly or whatever. Like, and this, I'm like, I just feel like I really relaxed into the idea of just sort of being, you know, being the kind of broken dude that I am right. and like really letting people see that as opposed to being afraid of that or being like, I have to be better than people or something like, I, you know, you sort of feel that as like when you do movies and TV that suddenly people think that your life, first of all, they think that like you're rich and then they also think that like your life is amazing and it's like the parties all the time right. and, <laughs> and it's like, it's like you're not like you're just as broken and messed up and a questioning <laughs> of like what it means to be alive as right. anyone else. Uh, and so the fact that I was able to play a character who was a heroic leading man, but who has that sort of struggle in him was just, it's fun to see a guy like that on screen. And sometimes I even forget that it's me. Like I, uh, the first time I watched the episode eight, is this a spoiler free podcast? Dude, or hey, do whatever you want. You, you talk anything you want. Can we spoil? Okay. Yeah, spoiler please. alert. Well, there it is. Like at the yeah. end, okay. Spoiler alert, everybody. Spoiler <laughs> alert. At the end of episode eight, I did find myself alone in my apartment watching the scene where we say, well, I'm doing the thing. And when he, he gets up and after he breathes again and I was like crying and I said, <laughs> he saved that little boy. He oh, saved you didn't that say little that. Boy. Like out loud to an empty room. Out oh, loud. nice. Now is that, is that Very top, strange. top life moments because you, you believed in yourself so much or is there a little bit of, Oh crap, I'm alone. And I just did that. <laughs> it's, the, it's the, it's both of them. I'm a weird lonely man talking aloud to an empty room. And also like, Holy shit, I did a good thing. Yes. Both of those moments all at once, like the greatest moments in life. They're also quite humiliating. Oh, you're absolutely right. And that's the thing where it's like, man, I'm really glad, uh, my girlfriend from senior year of high school wasn't, uh, awkwardly walking into the room as I said that alone to myself because yeah. you don't need an audience for that kind of a thing exactly <laughs> oh that's now, so true man now you oh. you talk about this but you've been on a roll lately let's be honest you're the equalizer black mass uh you got suicide squad now you have stranger things blowing up this has got to be a fun run though for you you're putting you're working alongside some great creators, some great writers, some great actors. Yeah. Is there yeah, any? Yeah, yeah. And of course, one of yeah. my favorites, and I wish, and you probably hear this more than enough. I wish, of course, we got more seasons out of the newsroom, but because uh, you did great work yeah, in that as yeah. well. But is over the last Thanks. few years, what has, what has just simply been the the moment that has stood out the most for you? Um, I mean, uh, besides like, besides right now obviously on this show in St. Louis. Yeah. Besides right now, I mean, a lot of it was like, you know, being sort of getting to a certain level where I was able to learn things that I could never learn before. Like, I mean, the equalizer, like working with Denzel Washington and just watching him work right. was like truly, uh, it was, it changed my acting. Like it definitely mm. made me, I sort of understood because, you know, you watch him in movies and it's so extraordinary. And then you watch him in the room when the camera's there and it doesn't, it doesn't seem like he just understands what the camera picks up and he understands how to be kind of a bad student as well. Like uh, there's a lot of times when you'd be on a set and some, some DP will tell you that like the light here is really good. So if you could keep in this light or, or if you could like keep your hands like down out of the frame and he would just be like, he wouldn't listen to any, he'd be like, you know, you light me where I go. Like he was very, 
particular about about keeping his process the most important process right. in the room, which I feel like we watch we watch movies to see characters. I mean, we watch movies to, and like lighting and great shots and all that stuff is really important, but it's not important if there's no life on screen. Like the worst thing I think you can hear about a movie is like, how'd you like that movie? And somebody's like, it's okay. It's really well shot. And right. you're like, oh, <laughs> that's what you like. You know what I mean? Like that's right. probably the worst movie because you're like just sitting there going like, wow, that's a beautiful shot of the crane and the garden. and blah, blah. But you're not paying attention to the story. Right, and right. I think like the thing that was amazing about Denzel was like, he was so interested in story and he's so interested in the character and just in, it's just, it's just like in his being and he's such a he's just so um so specific about right. what he does and i ne- i talked to him a little bit but i never re- i didn't talk to him that much i don't even know if it's just in his blood i mean he's conscious of a lot of stuff but right. i i don't even know if he's just just in his blood just a storyteller and he doesn't even think about it but um that was really amazing just to watch him work wow. um another gratifying really gratifying experience was I did this movie called a walk among the tombstones uh-huh. with Liam Neeson yeah. uh, with my friend Scott Frank who made it where I got to play uh, this villain. And um, that was a really fun journey. And I felt like we took some risks with that movie. It didn't really pay off. Like nobody really saw that movie, but um, I still think it was an, it was another throwback to another time of these, right like 70s it was sort of based on dirty harry and like it was based on these kind of 70s gritty crime thrillers and you know i think there's a swing back even with stranger things like a swing back to this more magical time of storytelling where i don't know what we've maybe it's that we've gotten cynical or it's become about money or it's become about catering to toward like 12 and 13 year olds right. i think that's a huge part of, of it the yeah. fact that is that what it is? I, no, I, I agree with you. I think that's a huge part of uh, of things because you see these things, and I'm like, am I getting old? I'm only I'm, what I'm, we're both 32, Travis. I'm thinking, am I getting old, or is this just awful? I, I wonder that sometimes. And yeah, well, know. yeah, what is? I know. I wonder it too. Like, is were movies better in our day, or or are we just old? Like, am I just right. the old guy who's like this music you kids listen to is <laughs> right. terrible, the rock and roll? But I. But I genuinely do think there was a more earnest, you know, coming out of the film that we created in the 70s, like even these guys who they call, you know, the apocalypse springers of the blockbuster, like Spielberg and, you know, uh, Coppola and stuff. But even those movies, even though they were blockbusters, they still were interested in like movie magic, like E.T. and like, you know, uh, like there was magic to that movie. And I feel like. I feel like nowadays we, we care a lot about how in shape you are. Right. We care a lot about <laughs> your abs. Like we care a lot about these other things or how cool you are, but we don't care enough about those magical moments that make us reflect on our lives and that make us, they really touch us. And so I feel like, uh, you know, tombstones was some sort of tr- attempt at, you know, this throwback to this seventies crime thing, which had its own sort of magic. Right. And now Stranger Things is a real throwback to this innocent time where stories can just be earnest. Right. Like we can just be earnest. We don't have to be cool. We can just be earnest. Uh, that's what I was thinking. We've talked about it quite a bit on the show, just as everyone, as you know, is talking about Stranger Things. And we were curious about that as well. Being the age we are, we were wondering, are we being mesmerized by some magic from from our childhood that we uh, that we're just into this for the, and then we kind of decided 
No, good's good, and and okay, we're good. And, and we're enjo- <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. Hey, just wanted to put that out there. You, you were part of some smoke and mirrors <laughs> operation. No, it and, it, and it's yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> it's, it's pleasing to see that. And I another part I liked about it was that um, anymore. A lot of times, there's not any foreplay as far as uh, a monster's concerned, and there's people getting their eyeballs ripped out, and it's all just about the grotesque and and getting into it. Whereas with Stranger Things, it allowed you all to act. It allowed the story to breathe. And there was yeah. some of the monster, but it certainly wasn't the focal point. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I, I, agree. I love it. Like, I genuinely love it in a way that I don't love other things. Like, I, I like other things. I definitely go to movies or TV shows. And I'm like, oh, I like that. But I genuinely love this. And I... I, you know, probably maybe more so if I wasn't in it, only because I, uh, <laughs> because I am self conscious when I watch myself. But to, to be honest, like I've been waiting for a show like this that just moves me. Like right. that final episode. I mean, for, at the end of episode three too, when you find the you know thing. But then that final episode when all that stuff happens at eleven, and she says goodbye, Maya, and then the whole thing with me and the kid, and I mean, and you see the flashbacks and like. I genuinely cried and I'm such a, I've been so sort of hardened over right. the years to oh, not sure. get manipulated by movies. Cause I feel like, you know, the ones that are trying to be moving are trying to manipulate you. But this, I was genuinely like, Oh, you guys are just like, you guys are just revealing something beautiful about life through this sci-fi context. And I'm, I'm down. I love it. Oh, absolutely. Was there anybody in particular that, uh, that you pulled from for the character? That, uh, of the sheriff that you played. In, in yeah, I mean, things. you know, I grew up with all these 70s and 80s um, movie stars, sure. you know, leading men who I feel like, again, I don't know if I'm old or whatever, but I feel like there was no, a grittier old. quality to them. Yeah. Um, okay. Right. So, but there was like, <laughs> you know, even like the, you know, certainly like Jack Nicholson in Five Easy Pieces, like I like that's or Nick Nolte in anything really. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, and nice. then like you have Harrison Ford and like, you know, the big ones we talk about on set too, is we talk about Han Solo, we talk about Indiana Jones and like, you know, the thing about Han Solo is you go watch those performances and like he was doing stuff in those movies that nowadays, like, I don't think studio execs would let you do no. like the choices that he makes. Like there's one choice in empire, this empire strikes back where he just like unleash this dude is like, we can't find Luke. And he just unleashes on this dude in a really inappropriate way. But like Harrison Ford's kind of an angry dude. And it's <laughs> awesome to watch guys like that because like you don't want your leading men to be that put together. Like right. you don't want, you want them to be like a little messed up and like not be okay. So that you, it can allow you to love them because they need your love. Like people that are put together and that are all okay and that are cool and everything, they don't need your love. They're going to be fine. But like guys that are messed up and angry and weird, like me, like those guys, <laughs> we need your attention. We need your love. Like, and so I think that's what you know. That's what's fun about those those guys. And so, of course, I drew on all my experience with those guys growing up. No, oh, that's that's fantastic. And then you have. I know you've probably got a crazy full day of press, so we'll get you out of here before too long. But as far as Suicide Squad goes, coming up, that's coming out this weekend. Uh, Batman versus Superman took a bit of a hit. People were upset with it, but everybody's super excited about Suicide Squad. And then to be part of 
this is the way movies are now with this. This is a huge movie. There's so many huge, talented people involved in it, and you you have a great role in that. Are you excited about this? Are you excited about what the future holds for your relationship with potentially this franchise? I'm not completely in it. Maybe your head gets blown off in the first scene. But uh, as far as uh, <laughs> no. as far as your no, personal I mean, he, involvement, he, is, he does have. Yeah, he does have potential to go on. I mean, you know, uh, I worked with David before in the past. David right. and I, we did End of Watch, and he sort of wanted me to do this thing and sort of pitched it as being in the sequel that he'll sort of be a bigger deal that we're going to establish him in this. And, you know, I mean, it's, I have to say, like, it's something that I do feel like is a part of our business, and I and I think it's probably a cool movie. I haven't seen it, to be honest. Like, wow. it's it's probably a cool movie. David's a good filmmaker. Um, it's uh, David's a really good filmmaker. He's a good writer. You know, script is interesting. Um, but I never, I didn't sort of realize the success that Stranger Things might have. So I have to say, like, going forward, I would really much rather play ordinary guys right. who do extraordinary things than guys with superpowers. Like I'd really rather be a guy that you can identify with. Uh, and then, and then watch that guy take, you know, take extraordinary actions as opposed to uh, superheroes. So, you know, I mean, I'm sure the movie's going to be cool and I'm sure people will like it. And I don't want to, you know, take away from anyone's experience of that. But in terms of my career trajectory, I would love to play guys more along the lines of Hopper. I mean, I'd love to play, you know, but I mean, then again, I mean, there was some, you know, this is crazy, but like, I would love to, I, I would, love to update indiana jones i mean Ooh, like and have, him have some okay. love handles and be a real be a real <laughs> professor of archaeology sitting around like grading papers all day and then having to bust out the whip but having like low back problems like, <laughs> that would be a dream for me that would be a dream would you would you dabble with your students or no Oh, that's a good question. question. (laughs) So it would be a total different, like in that scene when the woman writes love on her eyelids and like, and like Harrison Ford gets all weirded out by it. Yeah. Hopper would be like, stay after class. (laughs) (laughs) We had some business to take care of. Now, before we get you, before we get you out of here, David, though, have you heard anything? You probably couldn't tell us if you could, but. Do you have an idea? No, you got to trick him where he yeah, where he's, he acts. Oh no, cut that out! We're like, no, no, this is our art. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. Has Netflix uh, uh, anyone handed to you as to the next step for Stranger Things? I mean, look, it's it's clearly <laughs> been a very popular show, and Netflix tends to pick up their shows. Right. But I, we have not had official confirmation. Like none of us have had official okay. confirmation. So. So, you know, I know that the Duffers have lots of ideas and there's lots of loose ends at the end of season one with the Eggo Waffle, with him getting in the car, right. with like Will and the sink and everything. So there are a lot of questions answered. I know that we all want to get back to these characters and we all really want to do it. Um, and we have not had an official word yet from Netflix. So, I mean, I will say if fans are listening to the show, like tweet netflix like get them sick of us so we can know and i can like you know grow my hair again. Right. <laughs> we're huge fans of your work man like, you did an outstanding job in stranger things you've done oh, thanks done great work and a lot of things certainly recently so we appreciate you taking the time out with us hacks today absolutely it's david harbour he's in stranger thank you guys things. my pleasure yeah man hey don't be a stranger get back on here whenever uh you got anything going on we're happy to <laughs> happy to promote anything you're doing man 
Oh, cool, man. Thanks a lot, guys. Big thanks to David, and uh, you can see him in uh, in Suicide Squad. We are live, live, live. We are live, live, live. We are live, live, live.